Hi there, welcome to July. This is the last six months of the year. Hallelujah. I know 2020 has been pretty dramatic, more dramatic than all of us imagined. However, God is still faithful. Hallelujah. And all things are still ready. Praise God. So, hey, I just want to let you know that the year is not over yet. We have six whole months. Um, yes, it seems like the beginning of the end of the year. However, it's still a season of blessings for you. God is still true to his word. He's going to do everything he said he will do if you can believe. Hallelujah, hallelujah. So I'm starting a very new series this month of July titled, God Will Answer You. Hallelujah. God will answer you. I mean, are you not glad we have a God that answers prayer? We have a God that will answer you know, many people have gods that don't speak. Many people have gods that they are not sure that God will answer. But we serve a God that answers. Hallelujah. He answers prayers. He answers when we call. And that's what we're going to look at this month. God will answer you. I think you can say that out loud wherever you are. Say, God will answer me. Hallelujah. No, no, say it like you believe it. Say it like you believe it. Say, God will answer me. Hallelujah. So welcome to the month of July. Welcome to this series. I'm so happy. This year is still going to end in your favor. No matter what happens, this year is going to end in your favor. And see, God is still keeping promises. He's still doing what he said he would do. All things are still ready for you. Hallelujah. So, but God will answer you. We serve a God that answers prayers. We serve a God that answers prayers. Hallelujah. You know, God doesn't stop prayers. God answers them. God doesn't stop prayers or he answers them. A wise man said that and it was such a powerful word. God doesn't stop prayers. Many people pray as if God is just storing our prayers into boxes. No, he's not. God answers prayers. From the time you ask, he answers. From the time you pray, he answers. God is not storing prayers. We, we serve a prayer answering God. And see... That access you have to him is like one of your greatest advantages in life. You know, some of the people you admire and look up to or look at, you know, as if they've made it all. Some of them don't have access to this God. You have access to a God that answers prayer. And it's high time you take advantage of it. It's high time you maximize it. I'm so happy I serve a God that answers. God will answer me. My God answers prayer. If there's a person to pray, there's a God to answer. If there's a person to pray, there is a God to answer. Every time you call upon the name of the Lord, he answers. Glory to God. God answers prayer. This month of July, I want you to take advantage of the fact that God hears you, that God wants to answer you, that God is ready. He's not just ready, he's able. Hallelujah. He's both willing and able to answer you. Glory to God. Let's read a few scriptures. John chapter 14. God will answer me. Hallelujah. John chapter 14. I'm going to read from verse 13 and verse 14. It says, And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do. Glory to God. Is that not beautiful? It's a whatever, whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do. It said, that, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. I like verse 14. It says, If you ask anything, in my name, I will do it. Hallelujah. If you ask anything in my name, I mean, what are you afraid to ask? 
Why are you sitting down complaining and murmuring and being afraid and, and all those things when you have a God that answers prayer? He's ready to answer. He said, call unto me and I will answer you. He's ready to answer. We serve a God that answers prayers. Jeremiah 33 verse 3. He said, call unto me and I will answer you. Is that not awesome? I mean, if I call the President of the United States, he might not answer. If I call the president of my country, Nigeria, he might not answer. If I call my governor to open churches, he might not answer. But when I call on the name of the Lord, he said he will answer. Trust me, you are bigger than you think. You are, you are stronger than you think. You have access to the almighty God. Maybe if you call your MD, he will not answer. Maybe if you call the governor of Central Bank, he will not answer. But when you call upon the name of the Lord, he will answer you. Hallelujah. He gave you that open check. He said, call unto me and I will answer you. He said, whatsoever you shall ask in my name, I will do it. Hallelujah. So if he's going to write a check right now, hallelujah, and just put the name of Jesus on it. He said, I will do it. Glory to God. He said, I will do it. Hallelujah. Hey, he said, call unto me and I will answer you. Call unto me and I will answer you. That is a big check. That is a big check. You need to go and cash that check. Hallelujah. He said, I will answer you. I will answer you. So we serve a God that answers prayer. And you know, all throughout the Bible, he gives that open check. He gives that open invitation. He says, any James chapter, chapter 5, I think, he says, any afflicted, let him pray. Did you get that? He says, any afflicted, let him pray. He doesn't have to cry. He doesn't have to complain. He doesn't have to murmur. He doesn't have to have a pity party and pity himself or herself and how, I mean, enjoying self-pity. He doesn't have to be broken down. He doesn't have to break down. He said, is any amongst you afflicted? He said, let him pray. What is he waiting for? What is he waiting for? When he has access to prayer, he said, let him pray. Is any afflicted? Let him pray. Is your business afflicted in this season? They said you should pray. Is your income afflicted in this season? They say you should pray. Is your body afflicted in this season? They said you should pray. Is your family afflicted? They said, let him pray. Hallelujah. James again, chapter 1, verse 5. He said, if any man lack wisdom, let him pray. Hallelujah. James is the apostle of prayer, apparently. Because <laughs> everywhere he talks about prayer. He said, he said, he said is any afflicted? Let him pray. He said, is any, does anybody lack wisdom? Let him pray. Even again in James 4, I think, of, I don't know James 4 or 2, he said, he said, why are you praying and not getting results? It's because of how you are praying. So James is like an apostle of prayer. He kept talking about prayer and prayer and prayer. Let him pray. It's time for you to pray, guys. It's time for you to pray. Oh, stop the murmuring. Stop the pity party. Just pray. Just pray. Just pray. Hallelujah. Let's see. Let's see something. Isaiah chapter 65. It says, from verse 24, it said, They shall not labor in vain, nor bring forth for trouble. It said, For they are the seed of the blessed of the Lord, and their offspring with them. It said, And it shall come to pass that before they call, I will answer. Hallelujah. And while they are yet speaking, I will hear. Glory to God. Are you getting what I'm saying? We worship a God that answers prayer. We worship a God that answers prayer. I want to, I want to read on that one again. I told you James is the apostle of prayer. I want to read on that one again from the book of James. It says, Elijah was a man just like us. Elijah, James, 1, James, James 5, 17 and 18. He said, Elijah was a man of like passions as we are. He said, and yet he prayed earnestly that it might not rain. Are you getting that? He said, he prayed earnestly that it might not rain. He said, and it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. 
He said, verse, I like verse 19. He said, verse 18, sorry. He said, and he prayed again. Hallelujah. He said, he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth brought forth her fruit. Hallelujah. I'm praying for you today that the heavens over you will be open in the name of Jesus. In this last six months, you will prosper more than you have ever prospered before. Doors will open to you more than it has ever opened before. Unusual doors, unlikely doors, they will open for you in the name of Jesus. They say he prayed again. Hallelujah. He prayed again and the heavens were open and the rain came. I decree open heavens over you in the name of Jesus. He said Elijah was normal like us, just normal, a normal guy like us. But he knew that God was a God that answers prayer. You know, Elijah was so sure that God answers. Do you remember what happened um, in 2 in, in Kings or so, in 1 Kings, I think, when um, this, this particular story, you know, they gave the details in, in, in that part of the Bible where there were prophets of Baal and, and Elijah. And Elijah gathered everybody together and called these prophets of Baal and he said something. He said, you call on your gods, small letter G God. You call on your gods. He said, and I'll call on my God. Hallelujah. He said, the God that answers. Hallelujah. You see, this is what makes our God special. He answers. Everybody can claim they have a God, but their God cannot answer. But our God answers. Elijah told them, you call on your God, I'll call on my God. He said, the God that answers by fire, let him be God. Guess what, brothers and sisters, you worship that God that answers by fire. Are you getting what I'm saying? In fact, we call on God to answer by fire concerning the whole COVID-19. In the name of Jesus, let the fire of God consume it from the earth. In the name of Jesus, because of the elect on the earth, let the fire of God consume it. In the name of Jesus, we serve a God that answers by fire. Listen, you have no need to panic, guys. Is any afflicted? Let him pray. Let him pray. Call upon the name of the Lord. I don't like it when I see believers look sickly, look tired, look frustrated. It shows they are not praying. It shows they are not focusing on a God that answers. You can't have access to the almighty God and be beaten and broken down. No, challenges will come in life, but you don't have to stay down. Challenges will come in life, but you don't have to be defeated because you serve a God that answers. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Come and say after me, God will answer me. God will answer me. Hallelujah. God answers. So your dreams can still come to pass. Your plans for this year can still come to pass. It might not come how you're expecting, but God will bring it to pass. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, but I'm going to start to round up today. Because we're doing this series all all through this month. So we serve a God that answers prayer. However, what I discovered is that God doesn't answer all prayers. Mm. God doesn't answer all prayers. And this is what confuses a lot of believers. Because they have been taught all their lives about the power of prayer. However, they don't realize that God doesn't answer all prayers. He does not. And that is the frustration. Because you're praying and praying, but you're not getting answers. And you're thinking it's because God is not listening or God is not hearing you. But God answers from his own end. You need to know, but it's not all prayers that God answers. So we're going to look at some things. You know, what kind, why, why would God not answer some prayers? Number one, I'm going to deal with that and I'll continue, you know, in subsequent weeks. Number one, all the platform or let me say the request of prayer all all that platform is based on the fact 
that you have a relationship with God. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. What, I'm, what I mean is this. When God says, call unto me, I'll answer you. When God says, whatever I ask in my name, I'll do it. That was not a general blanket statement. It wasn't for everybody. It is based, you see, you must always understand context. This way a lot of people misunderstand scripture. Everything you read in the scripture, you must find out who is it actually being spoken to. It's not everybody. It's not every scripture that is for everybody. Sometimes some scriptures are tied to some certain level of criteria. So in this case, for instance, God was talking, Jesus was talking to his disciples. You see, this doesn't apply to every human being. This applies to people that are children of God. People that have a relationship with God. It's built on relationship. Very powerful. You need to get this. It's built on relationship. He said, hey, ask me anything. But he wasn't asking to everybody. It's, it's on the platform that you already have a relationship with God, an ongoing relationship with God. That's the only way this will work. This is not just for the guy strolling on the street. This is, just, this is not just for the guy that doesn't know anything about God, doesn't know anything about, about the things of God. This, it won't work. Um, you must have already discovered this already. It won't work. This that we're talking about through this month, part of the reason why God's people don't get answers to their prayers is because they have no relationship with the God they are praying to. My, something happened in my house some days ago. You know, I, I, I have two daughters, and um, I, I love them differently. I love them equally, but I love them differently <laughs> because they're different people. And that's how God also does. God loves all of us differently, even though he loves us equally. So my first, my first daughter is, is very, you know, out there, leadership kind of girl. So the way I tr- treat her, we're always talking about going to ri- drive cars, ride bicycle, you know, fun things out there. My second daughter is a bit, you know, girly, you know, very gentle. She doesn't necessarily like to go out all the time. You know, she would rather stay indoors. So our relationship is quite soft. So I talk to her, you know, more softly and more, you know, I show more emotion when I'm dealing with her. Because that's the kind of person she is. So one day, I forgot what we were discussing. I told her, hey, she asked me for something. I said, you can ask me anything. That you're my princess. You know, feel free to ask me anything you ever need. Just ask me. That I will do it for you. And she was going out the door when I said it. But when she heard it, she came back. She said, daddy, anything. <laughs> she had to be sure that this was a really open check. You know? She said, anything. I said, yes, anything. You see? She had to ask that, and I, I think a lot of believers too have that issue, that, oh, can I ask anything? Yes, anything, but there is a premise. There is a premise. You see, when God is saying, hey, you can ask me anything, he's saying it on the platform that you have a relationship with him, and because of your relationship with him, you know what you can ask and what you can... In fact, there, there are even things you should not be thinking if you have a relationship with God. It should not be coming to your mind. Okay, uh, let, 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 let's read something and that, that will help you understand it. James, James, um, John chapter 15. John 15. I want to read that to you. So somebody said, oh, can I ask anything? Yes, you can ask anything. But this statement is talking to people that have a relationship with God. All right? It's not talking to just anybody out there. All right? Because to the guy out there, if God tells him he can ask anything, he's going to ask, though, I, I want the whole of Central Bank. You see, that's how he's going to be thinking. I, I want $1 billion. To do what? So that I can just, you know, have it and, and, and drive a sports car. <laughs> Hallelujah. Okay, let's, let's look at this. Look at John 15 from, um, John 15 verse 7. Then I'll read the whole thing later, but I want to read verse 7, if you can follow me. It says, if you abide in me, 
Can you see this? If you abide in me and my words abide in you, it said you shall ask what you will. That means anything you will. And it shall be done unto you. I want to read that again. He said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will, you will ask anything you want and it will be done. So do you see that there was something before that statement? You can't just ask anything you want. They said, look, if you abide in God, if you guys have that relationship, if you're a born again Christian, if you're a real Christian, and you abide in him and his words abide in you, that means you guys are one. You are one with God. As we go on, you understand that prayer, you know, prayer needs both your, I mean, your, your spirit, soul, and body for it to work. So today I'm, going to, I'm dealing more with your spirit. Next week I'm going to deal with how your body and your mind plays a role in getting answers to prayer. So this is your spirit. I say, look, if you abide in him, you are born again and you are in Christ and his words abide in you. You see, when you abide in him for real and his words abide in you for real, there are a lot of things you will not even pray about. You are not going to be asking God to give you somebody's husband. You see? Because somebody's saying, that's what I want. No, you're you not abiding in him. And his words are not abiding in you. You see, if, if, if you abide in him, his words abide in you, you're not going to be praying for, for God to kill all your enemies. Because you were once somebody's enemy. In fact, you are even still somebody's enemy, most likely. <laughs> Sometimes you are even your own enemy. If God answers that prayer, you will die right in the mirror as you're praying. <laughs> so you, you won't be praying some of those kind of things. You know, and expect God to answer. This is why a lot of people are weakened in the place of prayer because they are not yet in Christ and the word of God is not in them. So they are not getting the right kind of results. They are not getting it. You must be in him and his words in you. So when he said, ask anything, you see, you are talking about somebody that knows the will of the father, knows the heart of the father, has the word of God inside him. He's not just trying to achieve things for his own personal gain. Just like James 4 says that, you know, I mean, James, yes, that you ask and you don't receive because you ask amiss. Because you want to consume it on your own lust. You are asking for the wrong reasons. You are asking so that you can, you can, you can brag for your neighbors. You know, you, you know, so, so that's why people don't get prayer. A lot of the time, the thing is tied to your relationship with Christ. So, so I mean, do you, do you ever read your Bible? Do you, do you have a walk with God? Do you have the prayer of fellowship with God? Because prayer is not only asking God for things, even though that's what we're dealing with in this period. We're dealing with the prayer of supplication. That's asking God for things. However, the prayer of supplication is premised and built upon the prayer of fellowshipping with God. So there are different kinds of prayer. There's the prayer of supplication where you ask God for things. That's what we're dealing with in this month. However, that prayer of asking God for things is built upon the prayer of fellowship. The prayer of fellowship, you are not asking God to do something. You are just asking to be with God. You are just fellowshipping with God to know him better. You see, it's in that place of fellowshipping with God, ministering to God, that the Holy Spirit even helps you to pray according to the will of God. When you have a, an intimate relationship with God, he is the one that even inspires what you pray about. He inspires you. And that makes a world of difference. So many people are not getting results because they are praying in their own world. Oh God, just, just give me so and so thing. You know, just do this. You know, they are, they are sending God about, around, around like Aaron boys. In fact, somebody sent me a message this week 
you know, I, I don't even know who the person is. He just sent me a message on Instagram. He said, this is things I want God to do for me. Pray. He just gave me like bullet points. <laughs> I told him, God is not your errand boy, sir. No, it doesn't work like that. What you, what you should be praying is that, Lord, what do you want me to do in my life? What do you want for me? You see, when you are at that level, then you are, you are going to pray according to God's will because what you are asking is also what God wants. Not just you. You see, it's like when Abraham was asking for his son, God needed somebody also to bath the whole generation of Israel. So their will had to be lined up with each other. It's not just about you. It's not a selfish arrangement. So this call on to me that I'm shouting since morning, it's not just a selfish arrangement that favors only you. It doesn't work like that. It's based on relationship. I mean, that guy just sent me bullet points. Pray, this, 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 this. I just, it was the funniest thing ever. I just had to tell him that God is not your errand boy. You need to know God. You need to fellowship with God. You need to surrender to God. It's not about sending God on errand and say, hey, God, come. Uh, give me uh, three shawarma, two meat pie, three scotch egg. He's not your errand boy. He's not your errand boy. So you need to come and be in awe of his presence. You need to come and say, wow, you're such a powerful God. Who am I that you have time for me? Who am I? that you, 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 know, you, you, even, you even want to have a relationship with me. You need to be in awe of God like that. I mean, that was one of the things that made David such a special person. <laughs> you know, I read, I read recently, you know, it, it, I think it's the book of Chronicles or Psalm, I can't remember now, that, that God, 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 God was promising some things to David, and David was so touched by all the things God was saying. God was telling him that, look, I'm going to make sure that, you know, you, you, your sons, you, ha- you always have your sons to be in your, in your lineage to take over from you, that you always have a person, you know, somebody from a lineage on the throne, you know, and you might think that's not a big deal, but you must understand, David was the second king in Israel at that time, in, in history. The first king was Saul. Saul was the first ever king Israel had. Before Saul, God was the king of Israel. So the children of Israel were now murmuring and complaining that they too, they want a physical king like other um, uh, kingdoms. Because other kingdoms had a physical king, Pharaoh, all those kind of things. But they were saying God was, has been our king. So they became envious of other people. They said, Lord, we want a physical king like other kingdoms. And God told them, look, that's not the best idea because a physical king will deal with you. Let me be your king. But they said they didn't want. So God says, fine. He told Samuel, um, we need to get the people a king. So Saul was the first ever king Israel had. But Saul messed up being a human being. He messed up. In fact, almost all the kings of Israel messed up. But you need to know, this, this is why he's special. So Saul, the first king, messed up. And they took the kingdom from him and gave David and David and God had such a love affair, such a love relationship, that God now told David, said, Look, you know what, David? I'm going to make sure from now, no matter what happens. And this is a big deal, guys. And those of you that are members of David's Christian Center, DCC, you need to understand. That's why you, you need to be happy you are in this church. Some of you don't even appreciate me. Okay, but I'm joking. <laughs> All right, but, you know, but, but that's the truth. You need to understand the covenant you have. Some of you don't get it. You know? So he told David, say, you know what? I, the way I love you, I'm going to make sure that you always have somebody from your lineage to be on this throne. And he said, if they mess up, I will discipline them, but I won't remove them. He said, I won't remove them the way I removed Saul and put you. You don't understand what that means. It means they are going to mess up like Saul, eh? But I'll leave them. I'll discipline them, but I'll leave them. Saul didn't have that chance. You don't get it? Saul didn't have that chance. But David had that. David even messed up. God didn't remove him. And God didn't stop with David. He said, even your children, that me and you, that, that you won't see, I'm making this promise that you always have somebody in your lineage from your loins to be on the throne. And if they mess up, I'll discipline them, but I won't remove them the way I remove Saul. And when God finished with David, David went into his house, into his room. He shut the door and sat down. They say he sat down, and I believe on the ground. And he said, God, say, who am I? Who am I that you are making these kind of promises to? Who am I that you are even talking to me at all? 
how much more talking, these kind of things. You see, that is the platform where prayer works. Not on, not errand boy, like God is your errand boy. Say, come God, three shawarma, two scotch egg, give me coke. He's not your errand boy. This is why many people fail. You don't pray, you don't read your Bible, you don't go to church, you don't pay tithe, you don't give, you don't, you don't walk with God in any way. When you're in need, you just call him like your errand boy. <laughs> I'm sorry. He's too big for that nonsense. He's too big for that, for that kind of lifestyle. He's a God that wants fellowship with you. He wants relationship with you. And when you can have relationship and fellowship with him, you will get to the stage where you can ask him anything. That's what he's talking about. You can ask him anything, and he will do it. You can ask him anything. You guys will get to that stage where he, you can negotiate. Hallelujah. You can negotiate. And there are people that had that level of relationship with God. Go and read your Bible, guys. Some people don't even understand how the Bible works. There's Old and New Testament. <laughs> See, there are some things you can only learn it from the Old Testament. They are not in the New Testament. They are not emphasized in the New Testament. All right? So, <laughs> the Old Testament was more about God. That's what the Old Testament was about, was about God. The New Testament was more about us. So, if you want to learn about God, you need to read the Old Testament. If you want to learn about us, who we are now in Christ, then you read the New Testament. So, that's why you need both. Some people just think I'm a New Testament, a new creature. You need to know how powerful the God they are talking to is. How great he is. You need to understand. That's, that's what makes you understand the privilege you have that you are adopted by this God to be his child. So when I say a child of God, it doesn't make meaning if you don't know how great the God is. I'm a child of God. So what? Everybody's a child of God. That's what people say. But when you understand how great this God is, you will sit down like David and say, who am I? That you are even mindful of me. <laughs> Hallelujah. That you even know me. I'm a small fly in the whole grand scheme of things. Yet, you have a personal interest. You have the time to talk to me. Is somebody get what I'm saying? So if you look at the Old Testament, there are people that had that privilege with God. Abraham was one of them. God would say things like, how can I do this thing without telling my friend Abraham? Do you understand that? That's the, that's the premise of the prayer. So Abraham now, not, Abraham now met him and said, you know what? Don't destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. Because that's what he was referring to. How can I go and destroy Sodom and Gomorrah? That's telling my friend Abraham. And Abraham said, don't destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. And, you know, and Abraham began to negotiate. Say, if you have 20 people there, if you have 30 people there, if you have so and so. And you know, Abraham got to see where he stopped negotiating. But God was, was willing to answer. God, God agreed, no matter what Abraham said. So Abraham had that kind of privilege. Moses had that kind of privilege. David had it. You know, there are people like that that had that audacity based on a relationship to tell God that, hey, I don't want you to do this. Moses had that kind of privilege. There were many people that got into trouble because they kept thinking they were on the same level with Moses. They would keep saying, is Moses the only prophet? God wiped them out. So don't ever talk about my servant like that. That there are many prophets, yes, but none of them that I talk face to face like Moses. <laughs> so there was time Moses, God also, also wiped out children of Israel. Moses intercepted and said, God, don't do it. And God said, because of your own doing. So God stopped to wipe people out. He allowed them to die natural death when he wanted to wipe them out instantly. I can go on and on. The point is that this open check we are talking about is not for everybody. Let me give you an example. You know, you must first have a relationship with a bank to go and withdraw a check there. If you don't have a relationship, you can't just bring your check from anywhere and come and say you have a check. No, it must be the check from that bank based on your account in that bank. So if you're going to draw from this check that God is giving us, it is built on relationships. So are you connected to God for real? Do you have a prayer life, a life of fellowship? That's where we build that trust in God. Do you ever read your Bible? Do you, do you, do you ever study the Bible? Do you, do, you, do, you, do you go to church? Yes, I know in some cities, church, churches are not yet meeting physically. Are you logging on online to fellowship, to continue to worship? That's what we're saying, guys. 
That's what we're saying, guys. This, is, this thing is not a racket. It's not, it's not, you know, people that have no life in God, they are not even born again. They are not living for God in any way. They are, they just, they, they are drunkards and smokers and, 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 and adulterers and fornicators and just living anyhow you like, but yet you want to pick the phone and send God on air and you want to give him your list for the day. It doesn't work like that. This promise here is for people that have a relationship with God. It said, if you abide in me, and my words abide in you. Did you see that? So then you will ask whatsoever you need. And it shall be done for you. If you abide in me. And my words abide in you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. God will answer you. God will answer you in the name of Jesus. Can I pray for you? Can I pray for you? If, if you are watching and you have not given your life to Jesus. Or you are not actually living the life. Maybe you have even given your life to Christ. But you are not living the life. Nobody around you knows you are a believer. Even you, you know you, you, that you don't know that you are a believer. I mean, there is no clear life in Christ that you are living. You are not living according to his word in any way. You are not even trying to please God. You don't even know your left from your right spiritually. You, you've, you've never opened the Bible on your own to study. You, 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 you don't go to church. You don't live the life. You know, you are still drinking and smoking and, and just living anyhow you like. Um, this, this, this won't work for you. This is not, it's not for the whole crowd. This is for people that have that relationship with Christ. I want to pray for you that you will hunger and thirst after the things of God. That you will actually have a, a real personal relationship with Christ in the name of Jesus. You will hunger for him. You will walk with him. You would, you would see answers. You will see the hand of God upon your life personally in the name of Jesus. And I bless the remaining six months of the year for you. It will be blessed. It will be full of favor in the name of Jesus. Doors will be opened for you in the name of Jesus. You will see the work. You see, you see profit in the work of your hands. Unusual doors. The heavens will be opened in the name of Jesus. And if you have stepped gone away from the things of God, I pray that your heart will be turned around. You will come back to the things of God. In the name of Jesus, there will be a stirring inside of you that will hunger for a deeper relationship with God. In the mighty name of Jesus, you will no longer be on the surface in your Christian walk. You will be a real Christian, a deep Christian. In the mighty name of Jesus, thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen and amen. Hallelujah.